Recorded live. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. Organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 70%. Reversing or even stabilizing, all fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial short-wing frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system. They use 
band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LMB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is a coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. Delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stetson. You're listening right here. Is still the 16th of March 2015, and it's about 12:45 out here. And the second song was an instrumental by Bill Doggett. There it is. There you. Anyhow, uh, okay, so uh, call in eight five 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 six six three seven three eight. That's another way to participate. All right, let's get back to it. Oh, let's see. Well, we were just talking about Al Gore, environmental whore, trying to uh, fool all the little children, the tech-savvy children that come together. You see, this is their this is their way because, folks, look, they know that young people are naive and they're gullible because they're trusting. They haven't been bent over the hood enough times yet to realize government is your enemy. Politicians are all liars. Okay? They smile, they shake your hand, and oh my, oh wow, oh gee, oh golly, Al Gore shook my hand. Wow, we've got to change the world. Look, everybody was young, we all know. Why do you think, uh, okay, was this an accident that somebody came up with the term young and dumb? Is it just because it rhymes, or is it because it's true? Think back to when you were young. Did you do dumb things? Did you believe stupid lies? Of course you did. And children these days are no different. As a matter of fact, they're probably even worse off because they've gone through all those years of indoctrination in the public, you know, uh, oh, the public sewer system. But, you know, that's given sewer systems a bad name. The public school system is far worse than any sewer. I would rather throw my kid in a sewer and say, well, have a nice swim for 12 years. You'll be better off than putting them in a public school. It's an indoctrination center, is all it is. A propaganda place. They don't tell them the truth. They don't teach them anything. They don't even teach them how to think. They come out only knowing, hey, tell me what to do. Tell me what's the truth. Tell me, tell me, tell me. And then... They've come to believe that because somebody tells them something and they can repeat it to somebody else, that somehow they're smart. Wow. Yeah. And Al Gore is trying to con these children into following him into the carbon credit 
market. Okay, that's what they're creating. They're cre- he wants to create basically another stock market. Why? I'll tell you why. Because they're running out of scams in their current scheme. Okay, they're running out. They're running out of steam. They got to do something else. Okay. They got to come up with something else, some other phony baloney, something that, oh, just like money, carbon credits. Yeah, that's right. Uh, We're going to now put a value on the smoke coming out of your factory. Really? Oh, and you're going to be able to trade those on the open market. How nice. Yeah, I mean, they've come up with what? Okay, first they come up with the New York Stock Exchange, then the NASDAQ, then the Forex, then, you know, oh, now the carbon credit thing. Yes, let's just keep coming up with gambling casinos that we can all pretend we're trading money and we're making profits and we, but there's no money. Wow. Gore gave a nod to Pope Francis. Yeah. Probably one of the most communistic popes I've ever heard of. But, hey, showing a a slide of the pontiff and saying, how about this pope? Pope Francis celebrated his two-year anniversary as pope on Friday, riding a wave of popularity that has reinvigorated the Catholic Church in ways not seen since the days of St. John Paul II. This is what the Chicago Tribune has to say. Gore said he was looking forward to Pope's highly anticipated title on the environment, which is due to be says, I'm not Catholic, but I could be persuaded to become one. Okay, now, Every Christian on the planet should be offended by that, okay? And and you should realize that I'm not just saying Al Gore environmental whore because it sounds good, okay? This guy is, is a prostitute on every level of his life. I mean, even his spiritual life. Okay, I could be persuaded to be one. What, if the Pope goes along with your little environmental scheme? Oh, yeah, let's make a deal. Yeah, if the Pope goes along with my environmental scheme, I'll tell you what, I'll become a Catholic. Oh, that's nice. I'm sure God's really happy about that. That boy, is he ever, you know, he's been waiting, you know, for Al Gore to convert to a Catholic. And it just goes to show what a cult the Catholic Church actually is. I mean, honestly, folks, okay, what is the definition accepted everywhere as a cult? Generally speaking, they have to have a charismatic leader that everybody follows. Not God, not a doctrine, but the leader. 
oh, sure, the leader's got a doctrine. The leader has a scam. The leader has a, a, a good line of BS. But you're not following the message. You're following the man. That is the core definition of a cult. Now, of course, there's, you know, you can ban that definition, but that's the core of it. Okay, okay, every cult has a charismatic leader. And what is Al Gore, environmental whore, saying here? Well, I like the way that I like the things the Pope says. I like this guy, this Pope. I think I could become a Catholic because I like this guy, this Pope. Al Gore is encouraging people to go ahead and follow cults. You know why? Because that's what Al Gore is. Al Gore is a cult. The environmental, this whole climate change, global warming crap, whatever they're calling it this day, is a cult. Really? They don't have it. They keep saying, well, accepted science, accepted science. It's not accepted science. Real scientists that are scientists in the field. Now, listen. You can be a scientist, okay? Now, let's just say I'm a nuclear whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm a rocket scientist. I build rocket ships or whatever. Well, I'm pretty smart. I'm a scientist. I am a real scientist, and I build real rocket ships, man, and I know lots of things about rocket ships. But you know what? That doesn't give me any legitimacy to comment about climate change. Just because you know about rocket ships doesn't mean you know anything about climatology or meteorology or any of that. And if you look at lots of the, ooh, all the scientists that are behind climate change, well, most of them are scientists outside the field of climatology or meteorology. They don't know anything more than you do about the climate. This is like doctors, a, a PhD, okay? I've come to learn by actually engaging, you know, having the opportunity to speak to PhDs. Now, these are people highly educated in a particular field. Whatever their PhD is in, you can pretty much feel confident going to them for advice on that subject because they are experts. But when you take them out of their specific area where they got their Ph.D., I'm sorry, they don't know anything more about it than you, and in a lot of ways, they know less. Do you know why? Because they have spent the better part of their life focused on one subject, and they know everything there is to know about that one subject or everything that can be known about that subject. And they are experts on that subject. And that takes a lot of effort, and it takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of focus. You don't have a lot of time to be thinking about anything else. Therefore, they don't know much about anything else. But yet, hey, 
you've got a Ph.D. after your name, all of a sudden you're qualified to speak on any subject. And we're all supposed to say, oh, wow, a Ph.D. said so well. You must be, you must be right because, well, you're very smart. You have a Ph.D. And that's probably true. They are very smart in their field. And that's not unreasonable. That's not an insult. How can you expect people who have focused their whole life on one subject to know much about anything else? You know? I mean, honestly. But that's what Al Gore environmental horror has done throughout the whole climate change debate. Wheel out the the paid scientists who are all on grants paid to come up with the answer that he says. Anyway, so, you know, those of you out there, Al Gore's back at it, so, you know, there it is. And now he wants to punish, punish you if you don't go along with his idea. The Small Business Administration is the federal agency that helps the little guy. <laughs> Businesses get loans they couldn't get through traditional lenders, or at least that's what they like to tell you. But according to a 2014 federal oversight report from the federal uh, from the public research group, American Transparency, taxpayer-backed SBA loans are popular with businesses serving wealthy lifestyles. That's right. In other words, uh, okay, here's some of the people. Here's some of the businesses getting small business loans that, you know, are for the little guy. Yeah. Rolex, Lamborghini, Napa Valley Wineries, Sears, State Farm Affiliates, Jackson Hole and Lake Tahoe Resorts, Levine Lichman Capital Partners in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's who's getting the small business loans for the little guy. Huh? Nice, huh? <laughs> I tell you, folks, it, it's corrupted all the way through on every level that you can imagine. But we'll have to get back to that tonight at 8 p.m. I'll be back, and uh, we'll be doing two hours. Uh, I've seen Lauren on for the second hour. And uh, the first hour, it'll be me. Coming up next, though, is financial survival. We've got a full day coming up between now and me again so uh stay tuned folks and as always thanks for listening American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, 
and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elodie Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Monday, March 16, 2015. Good afternoon, Al. Hello, Elodie. Hey, happy Monday to you. Straight oh, it's Monday. Four days I'm away. Kind of sweet talk, maybe with some happy Monday stuff, you know. <laughs> I love Mondays. Oh, yeah. I do. I love Mondays. Day-to-day, people are taking advantage of the lower prices in gold and silver, and uh, they're still hanging up at 1154, 1155 level. Gold is down 460 today. Silver down three at 1572, but they were all off their highs of the day. We had 1164 for gold and 1586 for silver. So not a bad day. Platinum, yes, it's down, and it's not a good day, but it wasn't a bad day. Uh, platinum is down 11, 11.09, and palladium down 14 at 7.81. USDX today, well, that's down 0.55, 99.63, taking crude oil down with it, 0.98 at 43.86. And the paper market today had a good day, of course. Everybody's holding their breath for the Fed meeting this week. To see if they see what they're going to use or, or how are they going to uh, address the word patient. Now, they say the word patient again? Well, they might remove it, so we'll have to just mm-hmm. to see. You know, I've done pins and needles, Melody. We'll have to, we, we will just have to be patient. 
Don't she say ibbity bobbity boo? Yeah. She looks like the blue fairy in the Cinderella film. You understand that? Mm-hmm. She does look like the blue fairy, Janet Yellen. So maybe she'll say ibbity bobbity boo instead of patient, and the markets will roar. Well, I think they're roaring anticipation. They're already going to like what she said. Perhaps they've already released to the markets what she's going to say. The Dow was up 227 points, 17,997. The NASDAQ was up 57 at 49.29, along with the S&P up 27 was also 2,000. Isn't that interesting? They all ended in sevens. So that's why I always say they're just computer digits that they put in there. 227, 57, and 27 to the upside. But, uh, you know, anyway, the S&P 2,081. Ten-year yield, 2.10%. The N, boy, it had a terror today. It actually over the weekend and hit 104. 104. And now, it's at 106, so if I didn't like the 104. Fear um, and greed indicator is still showing we're 42 to the peak. That's the emotion that is driving the markets. It would be hard to tell that uh, with a two, with a 227 point uh, to the upside. doesn't seem to indicate any type of fear that is there, but, uh, you know, what the heck? <laughs> the clear indicators, but uh, certainly, uh, oh, Federal Reserve is going to begin a two-day meeting tomorrow, and uh, they'll release any information whether they're going to consider raising interest rates for the first time. And uh, they did signal in a statement after the meeting, we're considering their last meeting that they were considering here. Policymakers have said they would be patient when it came to raising interest rates. And, of course, investors are looking to see if the Fed removes that word from its next statement. What do you think they're going to do? Do you think they will raise interest rates? Do you think they'll simply say we're still going to postpone it till the end of the year? What do you think they'll do? Well, they're going to do the same thing as they did with QE. You know, they have all this hoopla for how long, talking about they're going to raise rates, they're going to raise rates, they're going to raise rates. You know, so I think they'll probably do just a little baby step to see how the markets react. I don't think we'll see any significant increase in rate. The markets can't withstand it. So, um, you know, if she doesn't doesn't raise rates, then it's telling us that, gee, the economy is not doing as well as the Washington is lying about. So, you know... So I think they'll do just a teeny weeny. And you think they'll do that this week? No, not this week. No, 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 no. Probably come June or um, July, maybe. That's possible. That's possible. They'll do it I don't before. expect them to do anything other than talk about it, right? Oh no, 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 nothing. Then, no, 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 nothing this week. No, 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 no. The, the direction has been uh, perhaps by June. Uh, they'll do some sort, and I, I concur with that. They're certainly not going to do it in, in September or October if there's a bad reaction. So if they're going to test the waters, it will be in, you know, June would be a good time to do it. Uh, that way they have time to, you know, if it has a big impact, they'll be able to reverse it be- before we head into the fall where there's always been, uh, you know, 
significant volatility in the markets. Um, and hey, if the markets go up after they do a teeny weeny little rate uh, adjustment, well, you know, not going to be great. If the markets go up, do you think the markets will go up? I don't think they will, but if they did, you got to remember these markets are manipulated. Yeah, I remember. I understand that, but there's a limit to how much manipulation they can do. And the problem I see is, so long as, from my perspective, so long as there's evidence of deflation, dollar is growing more valuable. That's lethal to borrowers. They're already in debt, and you know everybody took out the loan on the house because you could pay it off in cheaper dollars. We anticipated inflation, so you'd be able to get over on the banks and the creditors, and yay pay it off in cheaper dollars. That encourages people to take out loans and buy houses. If we are in a period of deflation, you pay it off in more expensive dollars. That's where we appear to be, at least as if we can believe what we see from the U.S. dollar index. The dollar's value is growing. Prices are, in many instances, falling. And it's lethal for people that are borrowing money because they have to pay it off in in more expensive dollars. I mean, the dollar is up, in, according to the U.S. dollar index, it's up by 25% in the last eight months. Right? That means if you borrowed $100,000, you're sitting on $100,000 debt. That debt has now increased to $125,000 in terms of dollar. You'd still pay off $100,000, but it would be equivalent to $125,000 in purchasing power as compared to $100,000 just last, last March or whenever. Um, it, it's, it's dangerous for, it's dangerous, difficult, anathema for borrowers. And who's the biggest borrower in the world? The United States government. So I just don't see, and to raise interest rates would be to increase, even more so, it would tend to increase how much you're paying back on your loans. A lot of people won't be able to make the payments. Well, I agree. I tried to give both sto- both sides to see what would happen either way. Here's why. But I really don't believe, um, I just don't think the, the economy can stand a higher rate. Yeah, I think that's the less that I mean, they say we're I mean, not we are, Yeah, I mean, there's just absolutely Be no way. Be patient. We'll get to you, but not right now. have, you know, well, it's based on where they're keeping the uh, lending rate. So uh, it's been at this level for six years. Uh, of course, we see it's, you know, part of the, the ability to have a, you know, the rally in the stock. So, no, there's no way they're going to reverse it unless they're planned um, and ready to do we also have the debt ceiling that was supposed to expire today. Nothing on that other than I came across uh, some information uh, late last week. Uh, you have uh, Jack Lou, he's you know, doing some emergency changes and uh, not paying some things and so forth and in order to, to keep the government functioning. But, uh, you know, people say the debt ceiling doesn't mean anything anymore. But, hey, um, you think they at least talk about it and, and show where this country is headed that uh, – we are at these uh, significant degrees of, of debt uh, that's not improving, but 
certainly not improving. In some regards, they can't improve. They're declining. We've painted ourselves into the place between the rock and the hard uh, surface, and uh, now what? There's not a graceful exit on this. There's not a painless exit, although it may be that they can postpone our day of reckoning for some significant period of time. We don't know that the day of reckoning is coming in weeks, months, or years. But a day of reckoning is coming just the same when someone's going to have to admit can't pay the debt. Guess what? Can't pay it. And at that point in time, terrible things are going to happen in this country. Yeah, in Germany, DAX, it rose 2.2%. It's over 12,000. It's the first time the index has closed above 12,000. I mean, you know, it's everything you read, and, and I got some information here on Germany. There's a lot of uh, people over in Germany who, who don't like the direction in which uh, little Merkel is taking them. And uh, you have the Francis uh, tax. It rose uh, 1% to over 5,000. So these European stocks, you know, that's funny. The European Central Bank's been talking about their stimulus for over a year, and it's now just uh, the stocks are just really surging this year. Um, but are they surging, or are they simply responding to inflation? I mean, they're trying to cause inflation. They're... Uh, if they do, then we can presume prices will go up, including for their markets. Well, I assume since the euro is dropping out of bed, that uh... it'll be good. It'll be good to sell exports to foreign countries. But insofar as they inflate the currency, it's also going to raise domestic prices. Hmm? Good exactly. for international prices. It's bad for domestic prices. At least. There was Which means, you know, it's one of the problems we have when we start fooling around with these fiat currencies. It means one thing if you're selling, if you're in France and you're selling things to Germany, it may be a good thing. If you're in France buying things made in France, it's a bad thing. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Who really benefits from this stuff? And on top of which, if you begin to look at the, the problems you have, just trying to comprehend What's going on with inflation, deflation, changes in the value of your currency? That's happening to some degree all over the world right now. And it has to be confusing for most people because we tend to look at a dollar bill as a dollar bill. We're inclined to think, well, yeah, the price is fixed. No, it's not. And it could go up. Your dollar could be worth more. It could be worth less. There are people, if you had... If you've got $100,000 stored away in your bank account or wherever, depending on the whims of people in positions of power, maybe you've got $100,000 in purchasing power there. Maybe you got maybe you have $80,000 in purchasing power. Maybe you have $120,000 in purchasing power, even though you still have $100,000 nominal nominal size of your savings in that account, no matter what. What does that mean, and how can people be expected to even understand it? Again, it's like using a rubber ruler to measure the distance from Dallas to Fort Worth. It depends. If you stretch the, if you stretch the ruler, the distance will be relatively short. If you compress the ruler, the distance will be relatively long. It just becomes confusing where you look at it and all you say is, at times you feel like, 
my God, I don't even want to make the effort. You have to, because if you don't, you probably wind up being impoverished. Maybe, I don't know if that's what people in positions of power want. I don't know if that's something they're willing to, they're just willing to tolerate. I don't know what's going on at times, but when you don't have a standard and stable system of values, it's very difficult, very difficult to follow what's happening and to have confidence that whatever's happening today will happen tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now. I think in the end, that loss of confidence, that confusion spawns a loss of confidence. Government tells you repeatedly that confidence is essential to operating the economy and maintaining what is perceived to be the value of the dollar or the worth of the dollar. It's all about public confidence. I don't think this confusion inspires confidence because people don't know what should I do. Should I buy a home right now, Melody, or should I sell the home I'm living in? What, what is, what is what's the, the reason, most sensible financial choice? The reason people are confused is because we're not – people who try to understand that listen to this program like this where we, the, 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 where we find the truth about it is we live in a world of reality. We want to learn the reality. We want to know what reality is. Mm-hmm. But when you're getting the information that defines the reality, uh, it, it, that's the part where it becomes confusing because we all understand. We understand what's going on. We understand what's going on with this country and around the world. We understand that there's an agenda. We understand the new world order. We understand those that are behind it. We understand about the bankers and the and the stripping and putting and putting us all into slaves and they take everything that we make. We get all that. What we don't get is how they can continue to to take us to the brink and still see the system advance. It looks the illusion it created shows that it, it is still advancing. That's what gets people confused. It, it doesn't really, you know, it's like one and one's not equaling two here, folks. No, and, and, and it's because of the misinformation that we receive from, and, and maybe too much information that's misinformation either by um, intent or accident or, or whatever. Um, that's how people get confused, and you're right. They 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 don't know what to do. They don't know whether they should buy a house, and and, and what happens? Why should you sell? What should you do? And so happens. Right. Lots of times, people stop. They stop living. I understand that. That's know. dangerous, and that's the sort and of that thing. is put us into a depression. Because instead of buying a house or selling a house, maybe we do nothing. Just so I'm going to wait until things stabilize. And if you don't do something, we have less economic activity, the economy tends to slow, and that pushes us deeper into a depression. Let's take a break for some commercial announcements. Melody and I will be back in a moment on financial survival. Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. The 
calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR 2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR 2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Peterstrom on Financial Survival Programs brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver. What you got for us, Melody? We're going to continue the 2015 special, and uh, that will be a Mint State 64 $20 St. Gaudens. And I went back and I did a comparison to that today. And I went back, and this is one we've been, or I've been following up on periodically and mentioning it on the program. Mint State 64 St. Gaudens. Since February 9th, plane higher by $60, even though the same time frame for spot gold is down $84. February 9th, spot was 1238 I based it on spot today at 1154 That's $84 difference. And the Mint State 64 State guns from that time is actually up $60. So uh, it's performing incredibly well. And um, so we've included that in the special today, along with 20 Silver Eagles, 2015. The Silver Eagles, 20 of those, and one one-tenth ounce Gold Eagle. 
whole coin for your small fractional pieces. The special includes all your shipping costs, and that total is 2015 The Silver Eagles, these are incredible prices on these products. You're paying about $0.25 cents over wholesale. It's like you're buying a box of 500 I mean, these are priced incredibly small in order to fit these three coins into the 2015. So I had to do quite a bit of adjusting uh, in order to uh, do that. So it's a great special. That's why we call it Special 2015, 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. I've got, a, I've got something here that's special. National Aeronautic and Space Administration signals crisis. Here I'm reading the headline. California has about one year of water left. NASA scientists have already warned that California's core groundwater supplies are at critical low points and threatening the food supply. New nature climate change piece, the global groundwater crisis by James Femmigetti, a leading hydrologist at the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory, warns most of the major aquifers in the world's arid and semi-arid zones, that is, in the dry parts of the world that rely most heavily on groundwater, are experiencing rapid rates of groundwater depletion. He's not just talking about California. He's talking about the world, right? In the dry areas, they're running out of water. Now, I'm going to guess, I don't know, he doesn't say specifically in the article I'm reading that he's talking about the Middle East, but I, he says most of the air, world's arid and semi-arid zones has to be the Middle East, has to be North Africa, I presume. What's going to happen if they run out of groundwater? Right? The most worrisome fact, the article continues, nearly all of these underlie the world's great agricultural reasons and are primarily responsible for their high productivity. We're not just talking about we're going to run out of water in the desert. We're talking about we're going to run out of water where a lot of food is grown. Data from NASA satellites showed that the total amount of water stored in the Sacramento and San Joaquin river basins, that is, all of the snow, river, and reservoir water, water in the soils, and groundwater combined, was 34 million acre feet below normal in 2014. That loss is nearly one and a half times the capacity of Lake Mead, America's largest reservoir. <clears throat> Statewide, we've been dropping more, mainly in California, we've been dropping more than 12 million acre feet of total water yearly since 2011. Roughly two thirds of the losses are attributable to groundwater pumping for agriculture. Uh, agricultural irrigation in the Central Valley haven't had enough rain. They have to rely more on uh, irrigation in order to grow the crops, and now they're running out of water. Farmers have little choice but to pump more groundwater during droughts, especially when the surface their surface uh, water allocations have been slashed 80 to 100 percent. But these pumping rates are excessive and unsustainable. Trying to pump enough water out of the ground to make up for the rain they're not getting. California is running out of water. Problems started before the current drought started at least, uh, there's losses been ongoing since at least 10, 2002, when they started paying attention. 
California has only about one year of water supply left in its reservoirs. Our strategic backup supply groundwater is rapidly disappearing. California has no contingency plan except staying in emergency uh, mode and praying for rain. All this implies that a year or so from now, the price of food is going to go up. Farms outside of California that have access to water may become increasingly profitable. Food shortages are at least possible, maybe likely. Food riots are unlikely, but they're not inconceivable. If we have a year before California runs out of water, it might not be a bad idea to use this year as an opportunity to establish your own garden or perhaps aquaculture operations. Not necessarily a bad idea. I mean, this implies that the price of food, the source of food, the supply of food is likely to be diminished to some degree if, if California goes offline because it doesn't have enough water. Or as supply of food is going to go down, the price of food is probably going to go up. Not necessarily a bad idea to get some seeds and whatever else you think you need and, and work on a garden this year where you can learn what you have to do to keep that garden functioning properly. The following year, when maybe you're going to need the garden, maybe you'll know what you're doing. So, are you going to be a gardener, Melody? Do you plan on doing any gardening here in the near future? Absolutely, and this is in uh, conjunction with the report that we talked about a week or so ago about how the government, the federal government, is withholding water to a lot of those farmers in the uh, uh, high produce areas of California. So certainly we'll put that on top of uh, even hamburger increasing uh, 22% over in a year. Uh, food prices are, are certainly uh, rising. And uh, so it, it, it just adds to the importance being having your ability to grow and if you don't have that well you know getting the things that uh, um, that will help you through these difficult times and higher prices and higher prices you're going to most likely see higher prices in gold so that's why it's also important to preserve your wealth your purchasing power Either way, you need whether inflation, deflation, gold will work in both situations. Somebody might be trying to – they're having some problem with call-in. The call-in number's been changed recently. Someone's trying to call in. They might be calling into the previous number. We have a new and improved number, right? This one is 855-566-3673. Or excuse me, three seven three eight eight five 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 six six three seven three eight. So someone's trying to call in. That was the one that should work properly. Um, well, I'm just things things become increasingly difficult, and you can feel the circumstances tightening. They're not they're not completely intolerable not even close to being intolerable, at least not for most people. But at the same time, you can kind of feel tightening, you know, a little, getting a little tighter. The, the hands on your neck feel like they're just getting a little tighter, a little tighter, a little tighter, and we are headed towards a difficult time. 
Got an article here from uh, Reuters. Dollar gallop to fresh highs, stocks and oil fall. The dollar continued to power higher on Friday, pressing the stocks and commodities on expectations of a Federal Reserve interest rate hike. I don't think that, that's not very soon. That stand in contrast to easing monetary policies by most other major central banks. What we have here is another illustration of they're just talking about the teeter-totter effect that goes on, particularly in relationship to the U.S. dollar index. Those of you that kind of follow the U.S. dollar index and aren't familiar with it, it is a measure. It's a teeter-totter. We've got the dollar on one end of the teeter-totter, and we've got six fiat currencies at the other end of the teeter-totter. And when those six currencies, to the extent they on average lose value due to inflation, the dollar gains value and slides into deflation. When those six <clears throat> at the six currencies at the one end of the teeter-totter gain value due to deflation, the dollar loses value due to inflation. There is a relative, that's what the U.S. dollar index does. It measures, it's a teeter-totter compares the dollar, purchasing power of the dollar, purchasing power to seven or six other fiat currencies. <clears throat> and when things are, when they're creating inflation in the European Union, or they're trying to, it contributes to deflation in our country. Um, U.S. dollar index is on track for back-to-back weekly gain of more than 2%, setting up its strongest two-week performance in almost five years. In fact, the dollar has been going it has shifted from merely significant rise in the last three weeks or so. It's gone vertical, and I don't know how long that can be sustained, but it can't be sustained for long. The dollar is increasing its value, its perceived value, at an accelerating rate, and we'll watch and see how long that can be, how long that can be sustained. But Increasing the value of the dollar is terrible for the government. It's terrible for dealing with the national debt. It's terrible for debtors. It's one of the hallmarks of an economic depression. You go into deflation, that typically signals you are in or approaching an economic depression. And that's where that's where we appear to be, if you can believe the U.S. dollar index. Great surprise, of course, is why is the government not doing anything about this? at least so far, because it seems to be contrary to the the economy's interest, it's contrary to the government's interest, and that the government is allowing it to take place. This article continues, Mark Spellman, portfolio manager of Alpine's equity income fund in Purchase, New York, said, what's different is the strength of the dollar is having an impact. The market doesn't know how to react, and that to me was the important point increasingly in times where people are sitting around saying, what? What? Dollars gaining value? For most of our lifetimes, dollar has been, has lost value due to intentional institutionalized inflation that was intentionally caused, perpetrated by our federal government and the Federal Reserve. And now we've suddenly slipped into an era of deflation. Contrary to the debtor's interest, contrary to the interest of the of the of the uh, economy, contrary to the government's interest in terms of paying off the national debt, why is this being allowed? I don't. We don't necessarily have. It's not, I mean, it's strange, it's, and it does not bode well 
I can't understand why this has been allowed to take place for about eight months now. And here it is. I expect it to be stopped unless some positions of power have an ulterior motive and they want to push this country closer to some sort of deeper end of recession, perhaps even into depression. But we shouldn't, the government should not be tolerating, and talked about this last week in, in an article that was in the American Survival Magazine at Melody. Pointing out there's only two explanations for this. One is that the government intentionally wants more deflation. Second, when they're making it happen, they want it. I can't understand why, but they want it. They're in, they're in control. They have sufficient power. They want deflation. They intend to have deflation, and they're making it happen. The second explanation is that the government lacks sufficient power to stop deflation. Throughout my lifetime, they've tried to cause inflation and succeeded, generally speaking, generally kept it in the neighborhood of one half, two percent, although sometimes it went much higher, but they kept us away from deflation. That was always the enemy. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh, what the heck? We're allowing deflation to take place the same way we allow illegal aliens to enter into this country. Seems concern. I'm looking at this and I'm saying, this is a problem. This, you know, it's one of those things, you look at it and you wonder, what, what, what's happening here, Melody? Well, again, it's just a, another where a, a lot of things uh, just doesn't, uh, you know, in many manipulated markets and, and trying to think of what they want. And their time frames are certainly a lot different than our time frames. So uh, we do have a caller uh, get through, and uh, we have uh, Willard from Alabama. Well, Willard. Hey, yes, I've been listening since 2009 when it was Bob and Melody. So I want to play devil's advocate with you for a moment and hope you won't be offended. But in 2009, Bob was talking about, oh, everything's going to collapse. There's going to be rioting in the street. Well, 2010, oh, everything's going to collapse. There's going to be rioting in the street. And he's not unique, and you're not unique, because the whole shortwave seems to be based on that. And they're all selling something that you need desperately before everything collapses. So that makes me wonder. And the second thing is, I took your advice, Melanie, bought a bunch of silver. Okay? Had it now for years and years, and I've lost my shirt. However, I am a long-term thinker like you uh, teach. But my question is, all of these uh, others and yourself, uh, these uh, gold and silver dealers, oh, fiat currency, fiat currency, not worth anything. You better get out. However, if you'll send us your fiat currency, we'll send you some real gold. And I began to think about it, and I said, wait a minute. There's a step in logic missing here, and I know that the general explanation is, well, we're trying to beat the system, and we'll make a profit, and you'll make a profit, and you'll be better off, and we'll move that fiat currency faster than you can to get rid of it for gold, and we can get more gold. Okay, that's logical. But after a while, and I've only been... Uh this Let us, for what six years now it does uh, start getting kind of old and okay. loses its logical luster all right well we're going to head to break you stay on the line we're going to head to break and uh we'll answer your questions when you when we come back
have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in six seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has defeated, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. Restore the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Sudestrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. I'm also I'm Alfred Adams here with Melody Peters from On Financial Survival, and we are going to attempt to give a response to Willard from Alabama called in, and he's essentially saying, look, everybody's been arguing that the the uh, end of the world is coming in pretty short order, and therefore you have to have whatever. You've got to have something, and based on that, uh, it's been a sales pitch for a lot of people, and that's true. It has been. Right? We see coming economic problems and it has been a sales pitch for a lot of people. But that doesn't change the fundamentals. The only thing that we learn out of this is that so far nobody's been able to identify, put a date on this. Fundamentals haven't changed. We have a fiat monetary system. I've got one report here that I I don't think any of them have ever lasted more than maybe four generations, 70 or 80 years. I've seen one article that we have on uh, that we might get to today says the fiat currency on average lasts 30 years. We have had a pure fiat currency since 1971. We're in over 40 years. We are due for some sort of a major change. Right? This is statistics in a sense. This is looking at history. This is people say those who don't listen to don't learn from history are destined to, to repeat it. We're looking at history and we're saying I can't give you prophecy. I can only tell you the best that we can see at the time. And it's been unfortunate for everyone involved that we can't peer into the future and give you an absolute date, but we just can't, and no one else can either. But you still have to look at the fundamentals, in my opinion. And if the fundamentals say this thing's going to blow up in everybody's face and not so long from now, 
Well, what's not so long? Is it uh, before this fall? Is it in the next year? Is it in the next three years? I don't know when it's going to happen. I've never claimed to know when it was going to happen, but uh, I know that it has managed to survive. Systems managed to survive more so than I would have thought possible. And I'm not the only one who's made that mistake, but just real. But it's still, but it's, the fact remains, kind of like I, we're, we're, again, we look at this, an objective observer can see we are on something that is similar to the SS Titanic. Cruising through the icy waters, we're going, running next to icebergs and one thing or another. It's a good time to hang on to your life preserver and stand next to a lifeboat because it looks to me as if we are in dangerous waters. And those people who don't believe we're in dangerous waters, well, you know, get your, uh, you don't need your life preserver, you don't need a lifeboat. What you need perhaps are some skis so you can water ski behind the boat. But I don't no. think that's appropriate at this time. Well, Willard got into the market in 2009. A lot of things were happening in 2009. But I've been selling gold for a lot longer than 2009. And you're right, Al. The fundamentals, when you have a fiat currency, you buy gold and silver as an insurance policy. It's supposed to enhance your portfolio. Getting in in 2009, you had everybody and their brother get into the gold and silver market because it wasn't easy to sell. They could make quick money. They lost their jobs in the stock market and in in, in being in financial planners and everything, and they were able to come, and they, and they started selling gold and silver differently. They promised silver, 100, 200, $800,000 numbers on silver. Uh, on uh, the, the collapse of the COMEX. And, yes, these things were, you know, the COMEX, the collapse, the shortage of silver, yes, those things were all real. But they overlooked the true fundamentals, and that's what we're about. We are different than everybody else out there. We do stick to the fundamentals. You buy gold and silver as the insurance policy. We have a fiat currency. It is losing value. It has lost value. And those who have purchased over a long period of time have done well. Silver is always more volatile. But I'll tell you what, with some of the people coming into the market in silver at that time when it was pushing 50, all they wanted was silver. I couldn't explain the differences. I couldn't explain the fundamentals. So sometimes you get caught up in the emotion, and, you know, some things get thrown out the window. You buy on that emotion without truly understanding the fundamentals and having your portfolio positioned. With that said, yeah, you're right. The markets have been hammered. And, again, we do, it is manipulated. You buy long-term. You position your portfolio personally my opinion, you will see gold and silver numbers go higher. We just have to stay weathered and focused on the fundamentals. That's why I get upset when I hear, every day I hear people call me and tell me, well, so-and-so said there's shortages in the market and the products. It's like, well, not today. That doesn't mean it's not a small type where if you had a real situation that occurred if 2009 occurred today with the increased amount of debt that we have it would be far worse today than then 
And, and, and to say that gold and silver couldn't disappear overnight, product, absolutely. It's a very small and tight market. So you've done well, and yes, it is disappointing. Gold, so particularly silver, go from 50 to where we're at today. But I do believe we'll see a turnaround. And, hey, I always say to 50 in silver, and then we'll see where it's going to go. And, you know, this is a step-by-step process. Markets change, particularly when it's manipulated. That's what you have to address. Stick with the fundamentals. And, and it's another we, fundamental we that people that will it should take into consideration. The price of gold is rising in virtually every country on the face of the earth. All the major currencies are inflating. Price of gold is rising over most of the surface of the earth, with the exception of the United States. And that's because, the, for reasons that seem inexplicable, our government is allowing deflation to take place, evidence of deflation to rise over the course of the last seven, eight months. It's part of what we're dealing with here. So you can't just sit back and say that your advice to buy gold was just bad. What was... What's happened is it's risen around the world, but it's not rising here right now. Weigh it, you know. I mean, and one other point: you got to make you, you have to take responsibility for your own buying decisions. I'm not telling you that a particular product at a particular time is absolutely the solution to all your problems. We are generally telling you: look, you've got to try to educate yourself, and you have to make a decision. What do you want to do? And for how long do you want to take this? Do you want to take, if you want to make an investment, or that's you can make a fast buck and just buy it today and sell it tomorrow? You know, gold or silver, there's no point to it. And you need to get into something. If you're going to speculate, go into the stocks, maybe the bonds, whatever. But if you're looking for a long-term investment, you know, Warren Buffett has made that comment. He says he doesn't buy anything that he wouldn't be happy to keep for 10 years. Just put it in a box, set it off to the side, don't even look at it. Open it up 10 years later and see what it's worth. That's Buffett's a, a fundamental part of his, his investing objective strategy. If you had to take one investment and put it in a box, say, okay, I'm going to put everything I've got, all the wealth I have, I'm going to put it into one stock, one bond, one commodity, one whatever, put it in a box, and I'll go, I won't look at it again for 10 years. What would you do? What would you put in that box other than gold? Practical matter, you're not going to touch it. You can't buy more, can't sell more. Ten years sits in the box. What are you going to do? What are you going to do besides gold? Or perhaps silver. But in any case, Willard, we're, we're, you know, it's like everybody else is in this. Um, we're not just talking about it. It's not just a question of you made the point, you know, we'll take your fiat dollars. We take your fiat dollars, and what do we do with them? We buy gold for ourselves. Not only that. Who pays for these programs? Why do you think we have such a small amount of advertisements on our programs? goes in to pay for this program and many other uh, programs that I support. So a lot of those commissions that we get, I don't have any money bombs. I don't have any of this. A lot of it is, is basically is used out of commissions, which is basically out of my pocket that goes back into these programs. And, yes, there's bills to pay. There's power. There's employees. There's everything else. So, yeah, I can't uh, – pay that with gold. So, yes, those fiat currencies get used. So um, We still advise other people, and we follow the advice ourselves. Absolutely. Right? 
I mean, I'm not just saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not just, I'm not here just to promote gold so I can make a fast buck so I can buy a new Cadillac. Dealing with virtually with with the vast majority of my income is buying more gold. I just see this as a buying opportunity. I don't care if it goes down, fine. I don't like it, but it doesn't disturb me. All that tells me, because sooner or later, there's not a fiat currency in the history of the world that has lasted for long. The reason for me to go into gold or silver is not because I've said it before. It's not because they're shiny, they're metallic whatever. That's not the reason I do this. I do this because I am convinced that the dollar has to give up the ghost and in my lifetime. When it does, I expect to see the price of gold and silver. I expect to see those prices rise dramatically. You know, he mentioned about rioting. Well, I wanted to bring this up about German. Um, there was a rally over there. Protesters carried half German, half Russian flags. Uh, it's not a big deal, but it's something. It held signs that read, stop terror, stop the new world order. We want to live as free people in a free Germany. This is reports out of German media. The protests further condemned what they referred to as Germany's interfering in Ukrainian domestic affairs with NATO. Um, there was a former broadcast journalist for a German channel, ARD. His name was Christoph Postel, and he accused... Uh, Chancellor Merkel is supporting Nazis in Ukraine, demanding that she should be handcuffed and brought to trial in a court of justice to respond to questions regarding her government's role in escalating tensions. So, you know, people are getting tired, and these are signs. I mean, hey, look at Ferguson. Look at all these various places that are popping up. You know, people always thought it was going to be a financial that they'd be rioting, and that might come to pass. I've, I always said it was going to be a, a racial thing that's going to explode in the riots and bring things down, and we're seeing that. So you can have different types of riots and demonstrations and so forth, and, and you're, you're seeing these all around the world. People are getting, uh, you know. And you're going to see more of them. And you're going to see more. Because the food supply is likely, if, if NASA is correct, and the water supply is being diminished for, for a significant number of agricultural-producing areas, including California, you're going to see some people run out of groceries. Their groceries will either be too expensive for them to afford, or they might not even have a supply. That will be conducive. It won't necessarily cause riots, but it'll be one more thing, you know, where you get on, you get increasingly on people's last nerves, and all of a sudden it's you know, something's going to set them off. Um, well, but we you know, live in difficult and perilous times. I don't think anybody can get around that unstable times, unpredictable times, what do you do? And there's a certain amount of common sense. You just look, i got to protect myself. How can I, what is sensible? Not a guaranteed deal, but what is sensible? What is most sensible under these circumstances? I'm of the belief that one of the things that's most sensible is uh, precious metals. You talk about Janet Yellen and her word patience. Tell you what, you do have to be patient in the gold and silver market. It has been you know, dragged across the mainstream media uh, like it's nothing but a piece of metal. It's a piece of junk. It doesn't mean anything. But yet more and more every day you're hearing it as used as a currency. And I'll tell you what, you ought to be thankful to have this time because I don't think we're going to enjoy when we do have a true collapse and when there is more rioting going on. So, you know, 
prepare not only with your finances, but with your food, your water. Make sure, I mean, that's why we prepare. We don't know when things are going to happen. That's the importance of getting that insurance policy. And just be thankful that we have another day to prepare. That day comes. You're going to wish you had another day. Well, one last thing, and that is, you know, the odds, if you want to calculate the odds on whether the dollar is going to last or gold is going to be a good investment, gold has a 5,000-year track record. The dollar, the fiat dollar, has a 40-some-year track record. I think it's going to be valuable 10 years from now or 50 years from now or 100 years from now or 1,000 years from now. Fiat dollar or gold? All investments go up, all of them go down. You have your you have your your problem, but you can't beat that track record for gold. Five thousand years, people have been treating it as money. They're not gonna treat the fiat dollar for as money for another five thousand years. That's not gonna happen. Let's see if we've got time to do some stuff. I guess we're almost out of time, aren't we, Mother? Yes, and I wanted to talk a little There's bit like more about are. Russia. Yeah, I wanted to talk we are. I wanted to talk a little bit more about Russia today. Uh, Putin was spotted, just kind of like uh, Elvis, but uh, there's certainly tensions uh, ramping up, uh, military actions and so forth. But we'll get that to, to, to tomorrow. Okay, folks. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We'll be back manana. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Seven degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. What's going to be next? Do you see reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold 
assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Use a discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. communication system. And free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LMB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is a coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. Delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- Two two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is mineral. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Spectrum.us are under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. More organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulphur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die, men who mean just what they say, the brave men of the Green Beret, silver wings upon their chest, these are men, America's best, 100 men, We'll test today, but only three. Well, all of you, welcome to American Voice Radio. Here we are back with Moon Day, and uh, it's been an exciting uh, weekend. Look and see the times of Lot and the times of Noah. Almost to see where we are roadside-wise today. Pretty exciting. Anyway, if you sprang forward like you're supposed to yesterday, uh, it uh, is fine. You're listening to the program, no problem. Uh, Otherwise, you uh, may be off time. 
Yesterday was the day to spring forward, which means you had to add an hour. It means you got an hour less sleep. And uh, we got this week, uh, Thursday, 17th, St. Patrick's Day. That's pretty important. That's the reason I mention it, because uh, in Japan, as all of you who breathe air and are on the earth today, uh, probably know they had uh, one of the worst recorded earthquakes, 8.9, and uh, which they only go up to 10. And for Japan, it is the worst thing that has happened to them since World War II uh, when we bombed uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. This involves uh, nukes, just like it uh, involved weapons-grade nuclear weapons uh, being dropped at uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which ended the war. But uh, this concerns three of uh, Japan's nuclear reactors. Now, the Japanese have been very careful because of their sensitivity uh, and feelings about nuclear power. But uh, being modernized and all this, uh, they have nuclear power and benefiting from it, except when you are in earthquake-prone areas, it can disturb the system that it takes to run a nuclear power plant. Now, let me say, first of all, because uh, I had an email uh, from uh, you. I got your email out from Nebraska and uh, about Ranger, the uh, chicken herd dog. And uh, people were putting out the fact that when the uh, radiation cloud approached America that uh, we were all supposed to take, uh, this iodine-type medication uh, that would help us uh, be resistant to radiation. Well, I told our listener, uh, don't take the stuff. She had some old stuff that she had bought at a probably a preparedness expo or something. She Her question was, Bo, uh, you know, should I uh, give this to Ranger? I don't want anything to happen you know, to uh, her border collie. And, hey, if I had a border collie, I'd give him the medicine first if I thought that I only had enough to protect one of us. But there isn't going, there is not, let me put it this way, we don't know what's going to happen because this 8.9 is just an incredible power uh, that has... uh, split Japan, uh, torn apart some of her nuclear uh, reactors, and placed uh, probably upwards of 10,000 people uh, estimated dead. Now, let me say that as it stands right now, there is no threat to America. People that are putting out about this nuclear cloud, which is sort of uh, Chernobylish. Go back uh, to April the 26th of 
location that's known as Chernobyl, which means wormwood in Russian. And, of course, there's a reference to wormwood in the Bible with reference to the end times. And uh, Chernobyl exploded, and they had to move like uh, 300,000 people. There was a nuclear cloud that went up, but uh, most of it fell uh, on Belarus and in in this area. There was some distribution of uh, nuclear uh, activity. Uh, in Europe, but not in the United States. Now, that is what has been called, it was a level seven, as I recall, uh, on the scale of nuclear disasters. Well, America has had, uh, you know, our own history of nuclear uh, disasters. And so, first of all, let me tell all of you, right now, as it stands, no danger to anyone in the United States from nuclear fallout. And so people putting this out are those kinds of people uh, who uh, want to push the panic button uh, on Patriot Radio so they can probably sell you something. Now, in Japan right now, the panic button is uh, pushed and all the water's gone, all the food. Now, Tokyo is south of where this activity is taking place in the northeast and uh, somewhat on the northwest part of the island nation of Japan. Tokyo uh, is about uh, halfway up uh, the island. Well, where this nuclear incident has happened is up north and east primarily of Tokyo, Tokyo has had uh, really no earthquake or nuclear uh, reaction. So people in the United States seem to be more spooked uh, than people in Tokyo. But <laughs> the people in Tokyo have stripped, and this is what happens under any emergency. So this is why you should have a year's supply of food. So I can't sell it to you. I don't have it. I'm just telling you what you need to have. You need to have a 72-hour pack that you can throw in your vehicle. Hey, in my rocket and my old Cessna, I have a survival pack that I wouldn't dare take off uh, without, uh, it's like in Alaska, only it can happen anywhere. And so if you wait until something happens, then all of a sudden, all water's gone. You should have water stored, and of course you probably should uh, refresh it from time to time. You need a year's supply of food, as I say. You need first aid materials. You need a radio with batteries and this kind of stuff, because right now, even in Tokyo, they are shutting uh, down power because uh, they have lost tremendous amounts of power normally supplied through their nuclear reactors, which right now Tokyo and all the Japanese people 
that are on that island are scared to death about, and when I say scared to death, I mean it. There's a case, because what happened was there was an 8.9 earthquake. That is almost off the scale. With it came a tsunami. Now, the tsunami was only figured at three uh, meters. Now, a three-meter, I mean, you know, a meter is 39.37 inches, which means you got about a 10-foot wave that comes up. Well, you think, uh, geez, 10-foot isn't much, but when you have the whole ocean behind a 10-foot uh, swell, it goes, these uh, little uh, quaint, wonderful uh, seaside communities that uh, basically are level, so it makes it very desirable to be on, uh, on the ocean there. These tsunamis just reach in like a giant blob. And because it's not, it's like a hurricane rather than versus a tornado. And it just washes up and takes everything, houses, buses, people, trees, you name it. It just reaches out there like a giant blob and just brings everything out in the ocean. One guy was rescued yesterday who was almost 10 miles out at sea. Friends, that's a long way. And he was riding the top of his house, the roof, the tsunami. His wife uh, is missing, presumed dead. But he was on top of the roof, rode it as the tsunami drove everything back out into the ocean, was finally uh, rescued 10 miles out. It gives you an idea of the tremendous power. Now, something, let me uh, focus just for a moment uh, on uh, America. We have 104 of these nuclear power plants. Now, uh, that is a tremendous number. Most of them. I'm talking about uh, there may be a dozen. Well, there's probably not even a dozen. Uh, there's only a few west of the Rocky Mountains. And there's only a few in uh, what we call the Midwest or you know, down here like in Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, there's nothing there. But on the East Coast is where... Uh, most of these nuclear power plants are located, almost a hundred of them. And uh, they have a lot of people. That's where most of the people are, except in California. <laughs> now, uh, we have, so we got 104 nuclear power plants. We have had a history, you go back to uh, March 28th, 1979, wow, see, that was uh, seven years before Chernobyl, in a place called Middletown, Pennsylvania, there was a loss of 
coolant. Now, what happens? You have these nuclear uh, rods, these uranium rods, and uh, of course uh, they uh, are very hot. So the whole idea of a nuclear power plant is that you have coolant. Now the rods uh, are kept under control so they don't melt down by the coolant. And the rods uh, are, are so hot that uh, steam is created which turns a turbine which uh, puts out electrical power. Now, uh, the catch-22 to this whole thing is that it takes power to keep the coolant at the proper levels because if these rods uh, begin to be exposed, if the coolant levels aren't able to be maintained, uh, by it takes power to keep uh, the coolant uh, in there and to keep these rods under control, they, there will be ex an explosion. Now, what's happened in Japan, there's been two hydrogen explosions because this is a product. These rods are exposed. Now, they lose power. Now you don't have any power to pump the coolant in. What they do is, and that's why you look at the East Coast, uh, they are slammed with nuclear power plants because right now in Japan, we're uh, up north of Tokyo where these, this event northeast is taking place. They are uh, putting seawater right there on the ocean. They're putting seawater uh, straight into uh, where these, uh, power rods are. Now, let me give you the absolute worst scenario. They cannot maintain that. Let's say you lose all power. Let's say you start getting far behind. You're dealing with something that uh, has an extremely long half-life. You're dealing with something that uh, is a will kill you by this radiation. And uh, your, the radiation isn't just a flash exposure. It is a cumulative type thing. Now, power rods, and I'm not going to get away. I'm coming back to Middletown, Pennsylvania at uh, the Three Mile Island accident. But I, but I just I kind of do this by divine inspiration. It pops in my mind, so I need to explain to you uh, one reason that we don't have to worry about a nuclear glowing cloud dropping uh, radioactive debris over the United States is that these power rods are only enriched to, and see, this is what we were all over Iran about, oh, they're going to enrich and uh, you know, these uh, Iran is saying, we're going to build a nuclear power plant. And we're saying, oh, they're going to enrich them to weapons-grade uh, uranium. Well, weapons-grade is above 60%.
and weapons grade to get something like what the U.S. has got and uh, Russia and your and probably Israel because uh, they got whatever we got we give them. You're looking at 95 percent of enrichment. This is weapons grade. Now. The stuff that they're using to produce nuclear power is only enriched up to like four six four two six. That means F O U R, not forty six, uh, because that would be extremely rich. But it is only like four percent enriched, which means that while it is deadly, it is local. And it's very low when compared uh, to weapons-grade uranium, for example. So the very worst thing that can happen is for there to be no coolant, and these rods are exposed. Now, the rods are so hot that they melt, and they are so hot that there's nothing that can actually contain them, and they actually melt right uh, into the earth. Now, question. How do you clean this stuff up? Because now it is exposed, now it is irradiating. Uh, Right now, you see they have a 20-kilometer area, which, uh, you know, there's five miles for every eight kilometers. Look at uh, 20 uh, clicks, and you've got uh, almost, we got about 14 miles. They have cleared an area 14 miles around because they don't know. They are working. They're hollering for help from the United States. How do they, when they have lost power, how do they keep the the coolant, which got to be pumped in to keep these rods uh, flooded so that they don't overheat and melt. Because if they melt down, see, that is the definition of a meltdown. These rods melt down. They go into the earth crust. And, friend, you tell me how you're going to clean them up. I mean, you heard of Red Adair and how he uh, fights, uh, you know, the the oil wells, and that's, you think, boy, that's a heck of a job. Well, and you look at, uh, at British Petroleum and the big spill that we had out here in the Gulf, you say, man, that was one heck of a, of a job. Friends, that is kindergarten. That is nothing, something like a nuclear uh, power there are several of these generating uh, areas that are within a single plant. One of these generating areas 
goes down, and you know, without power, let's say they they have like three generating areas. Now you have start having explosions, which again put up a very low grade. Uh, but what happened is this. Uh, and again, if these things come to mind, uh, I'm going to blurt them out to you. Uh, we have the USS Ronald Reagan aircraft. We got two aircraft carriers. Well, uh, one is uh, this area, as I've told you, Japan is a real long island nation that runs basically north-south. And so Tokyo sort of in the middle on the east coast. Now, right above Tokyo, up there, uh, more just a little more, 100 kilometers, you've got this area. Well, the wind is was blowing uh, out towards sea. Well, that is where our ships are. <laughs> and so they found that a helicopter crew was irradiated. This is an American 17-man helicopter unit that was doing rescue work. Uh, they, uh, it, the bird flew through a plume of radiation that was emitted uh, from this one area as a result of the explosion. And so the crew comes in. They don't know. You don't feel anything uh, right off the bat. But, uh, of course, radiac machines detect what uh, is the current radiation that uh, is flowing. And dosimeters, they record the cumulative. Because let's say you're around something that is putting out 10 rads. That's the unit radiation. Now, if you're there for 10 hours, now it's cumulative. So you have 100 rads. Well, 300 rads kills you. So three days after you've been in this area that seems to be all right, uh, you now have radiation poison to the point that you're dead. Well, they have washed down, uh, rubbed off our 17 airmen, but they have moved the U.S. Uh, war vessels away from downwind. It's not good to be downwind. So God be praised. Uh, you know, we, we have, I'm one of them. Uh, we have many officers that have been through uh, what is called a nuclear, biological, chemical warfare school. And uh, they teach you how uh, to estimate uh, fallout. And as a matter of fact, it's classified, but uh, you have templates. Well, I, I'm just I'm glad that our war vessels have moved the out of downwind fallout. But why were they ever in that area in the first place? You've got probably uh, two dozen officers aboard the USS uh, Ronald Reagan that are fully qualified. They should have those. Uh, templates out. They should have been measuring. They got to have those dosimeters up. They got to have radiac machines out there. And you tell the captain, 
Sir, we here is the plot. We are in the downwind fallout area. You need to get this vessel out of here now and take all the support vessels, anybody you care about, you take them with us and we get out of here. Well, they waited until, of course, uh, 17 men were decontaminated. Now we've moved. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to take a little bit of a pause. We'll come right back. We'll give you more information about what is going on and what concern you should have here in America. Stay with American Voice Radio's Freedom Call. your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the freeze-dry guide today. Freeze Dry Guy at Landset.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L A N S E T dot com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of glyphosodium fluoride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at Forspectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Americans for Immigration Control is a leading national organization dedicated to reasonable levels of legal immigration and effective enforcement to stop illegal immigration. With more than 250,000 members and supporters nationwide, we are an effective voice for immigration reform. AIC stands up in Washington for the views of most Americans on immigration. We are the leaders in stopping recent legislation to reward 10 million or more illegal aliens with legal status and eventual citizenship. The late Georgia Congressman Charlie Norwood had this to say about us. AIC has earned a reputation among members of Congress as one of the most active and responsive advocacy groups in the field of immigration. Join AIC today. For more information, go to our website, immigrationcontrol.com. That's immigrationcontrol.com or call 540-468-2023. That's 540-468-2023. 
your cell phone for business or staying in touch with family. Your cell phone use is increasing. Use the Wave Shield, developed for ultimate cellular protection. The Wave Shield blocks, reduces, and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield, made of a patented mesh material, is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. Order your Wave Shield today for only $19.95. Did he just say $19.95? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to $17.95. That's right, $17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ears. $17.95 at TheAmericanVoice.com. That's the superstore at TheAmericanVoice.com. $17.95 plus mailing. Order now. Shove them around, but here these people are uh, 
I mean, reading the Bible, they it, they are so vicious. They bust into Lot's house. They demand, we want these. And here's Abraham. Abraham, you know, he's done whipped his uh, his waiting wildcats more than once. Remember, they stole Lot. <laughs> he he uh, run these kings down. They all paid him tribute and this kind of. I mean, Abraham was nobody to mess with. And so uh, it was awful. And then hellfire and brimstone comes. Let me tell you what hellfire and brimstone in the 21st century is. It's a meltdown by, and do you know, remember, read what the Bible says about the, the light in the rivers, the light in the sea that uh, is all of a sudden uh, everything is, I mean, it's full of blood and death. Well, how, and you say to yourself, my goodness, how could that happen? Let me tell you. Let me tell you what's going on up there in Japan right now. See, this is early stages. Nothing nuclear just goes away. The half-life, this is the way that you deal with uh, with nuclear materials. It has a half-life. And the half-life can be as much as 20 5,000 years. You hear me? That means that it is now half as deadly as it was. Friends, are you understanding the how serious this uh, nuclear business is when we start messing with this, when we're dealing with half lives that go for hundreds, thousands of years? And that's just a half life. And you couldn't. And again, remember that uh, nuclear radiation is cumulative. Now, there's two things. If you don't trust anybody, there's two things that you should have. And you know, my, uh, I tell you, <laughs> I can't uh, hang on to them because they keep getting put in garage sales. It's probably like the nuclear fallout templates on the USS Ronald Reagan. See, since the Cold War is over and now uh, we don't worry much about uh, the Russians uh, dropping nukes on us, what happens to these fallout templates? Well, after a while, the plastic uh, gets hard, starts to crack, turns yellow. You know, I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if aboard the USS Ronald Reagan, which is not that old, that uh, they don't even know where the nuclear fallout uh, templates are. I say, what? Jeez, but didn't that go out uh, with the, you know, with the Corvette uh, Thunderbird era back in the 50s? Well, let me, uh, so, oh, I was going to tell you what you need. You need a radiac machine. Now, I probably got a couple of them around my house here. The Radiac machine tells you what is the current activity of any nuclear radiation. Like it may be uh, 10 rad uh, in itself, as I've just mentioned to you. 10 rads is nothing. If you're driving through it, 
the helicopter crew that flew through the plume, let's say they picked up 10 rads. That's, you can wash, you can scrub that stuff off, and they probably, uh, it'll be like John Wayne and the crew that all died of cancer that was up here during the sedan series. When I say mean up here, I'm talking about lost wages. Just up north, of the lost wages is the test range where they did the sedan series of underground nuclear blasts. And John Wayne was at, uh, in between the lost wages and uh, St. George, Utah. They were doing a movie. And, uh, gosh, the Army uh, miscalculated the wind. So they went ahead, they fired this thing, and whoosh, there goes the fallout cloud heading towards uh, this area where you got people, cattle, sheep, and everything's dead now. Uh, but th- th- this shows you the nature of radiation. And RADS is one thing. But where radiation is cumulative. So, 10 rads, and if you remain in that area, now becomes 20 rads, 30 rads, 40. When it gets up to 300, you are dead person walking. Now, you can get 300 rads by being in a real hot area. So, let's say our helicopter crews say, wow, we got to go in and rescue these guys we see that are running around down here right where this last explosion has occurred. Friends, it could be a 300 red area. Those people you see running around are dead people. It may take them a little while to die, and it's a horrible death by radiation. Look at the Japanese after Hiroshima and Nagasaki that were there. And those were air bursts, which were minimum radiation. What you got now in uh, Japan, these, anything that goes off is on the ground, which means if you watch the, uh, the video recordings of the blast that occurs up there at the Japanese uh, nuclear plant, you can see. All this debris goes up, and then you can just see it. It's like tons of earth, uh, only it's all like dirt, not dust, but like dirt. What do you think about that dirt? think that you're going to glow in the dark? Now, when that dirt uh, goes down, see, that is far worse than an explosion in the air where the fireball does not touch the earth. There you don't have the radiation. But you have radiation where you have debris, like dust. So the fireball touches the ground, now it's hot. Well, both at Nagasaki and at Hiroshima, those were air bursts. What we have uh, in Tokyo right now are surface bursts. The only one thing worse than that, that's subsurface bursts. But again, if the stuff melts down, 
because you don't have power to keep uh, the flooding, the coolant, over the power rods. It melts down. Question, what happens to groundwater? How far, how extensive is this? When you, again, look at Chernobyl, you see they had to move 300,000 people and uh, Chernobyl was that. That was 1986. Let's jump back up here to uh, Middletown, Pennsylvania. It's March 28th. It's 1979. Loss of coolant. What happened? All of a sudden, the engineers uh, there at Three Mile Island, they look and say, whoa, wait a minute, uh, because the coolant on the rods, they're losing it. And now the rods are so hot that no, there is no metal. It just melts. So loss of coolant, partial core meltdown. What happened? So uh, it uh, costs an estimated $2.5 billion just to... Uh, Got to clean that place up. Truth is, if you take a radiac meter, uh, any place like you're still going to find in hot zones because of these extreme half lives. March 9th, 1985, Athens, Alabama. System malfunctions during startup, which leads to the suspension of operation at all three. Brown's Ferry units, billion dollars. All right, April 11th, 1986. Uh, wow, see, they're just the same. It was April 26th at Chernobyl. So at Plymouth, Massachusetts, during equipment problems, you got an emergency shutdown of Boston's Edison Pilgrim nuclear power plant. Billion dollars. March 31st, 1987, Delta, Pennsylvania. You notice what's happening? These are all on the East Coast. <laughs> that's because that's where they've got most of. I mean, America, how many nuclear power plants do we have? 104. Where uh, there's a dozen that, well, there's even less than that. West of the Rocky Mountains, there's only a few. That's why I live over. All right, now, uh, December 19, 1987, Lycoming, New York, malfunctions force Niagara, Mohawk Power Corporation to shut down Nine Mile Point. February 20th, 1996, Waterford, Connecticut, leaky valve forces shutdown of Milestone Nuclear Power Plant. September 2nd, 1996, Crystal Island, Florida. Balance of plant equipment malfunction forces shut down and extensive repairs of Crystal River. February 16, 2002. Hey, you see all of the incidents we have in America? How many of you are aware of all this stuff? The government doesn't like to report this. This is not good. Anyway, Crystal River, Florida. Uh, okay. Uh, February 16, 2002, Oak Harbor, Ohio. Severe corrosion. See there, people won't look. 
of Control Rod Force's 24-month outage of the Davis-Bessey reactor. February 1st, 2010. How long ago was that? <laughs> Vernon, Vermont, deteriorating underground pipes from the Vermont Yankee nuclear power plant leak radioactive groundwater supplies. Oh, boy. Did you guys know about that up there in Vermont? Anyway, uh, it is a catastrophic event. Japan doesn't know, and they won't know. They're estimating $35 billion in damages. We don't know. And, and again, this nuclear stuff doesn't just go out like a fire. This nuclear stuff keeps cooking and gets worse. How are you going to stop it? Even if people rush in there and expose themselves to almost instant death, uh, trying to, uh, what do you do with it? Well, again, Chernobyl, you evacuate 300,000 people and uh, basically half of the country. All right. Anyway, the good news is our ships are now alert to stay out of uh, the fallout area. Our 17 U.S. helicopter crewmen, uh, they say, have been hosed down. It takes time. Why uh, don't take too many x-rays? That's why they put a, a lead vest on you. That's why the operator uh, gets behind a lead shield because this radiation is cumulative. So you say, well, that radiation machine only puts out, you know, uh, just a little tiny bit. Uh-huh. Every day goes away. It's like if you get too much sun. It's same kind of basically, same kind of you start, it's cumulative. That radiation that you receive from being overexposed to the sun or these damn tanning machines, that is cumulative, friends. And so as I was telling you, a radiac, like I got a couple of them around here, I'll probably have to throw them over. I'll see if I can throw batteries in one of them, see if there's any uh, radiation. It would only tell me what is the rate of active radiation. The dosimeter is that little badge or a little pencil in the military. We had little pencils, a uh, pencil-like device, and it measures cumulative. How much radiation have you absorbed? That's Muy importante. Okay, but if this were weapons grade, then yes, I'd all be screaming to uh, do a lot of things, but this is not weapons grade. Uh, this is like 4% enriched. In all honesty, they have evacuated about 100,000 people now from around. Uh, that area, I don't know if all Japan is going to move to Okinawa or not, but uh, the rods, they melt into the earth, 
friends, you got yourself Sodom and Gomorrah. Let me give you some uh, news about what is going to actually uh, happen. Japan is the second largest holder of United States debt. So now Japan says they got $35 billion, and this they don't really know what they've got right now. But let's say they start selling off some of that U.S. debt or demanding that the U.S. they cash in. See, these are treasury bonds, so they so Japan uh, buys them up, gives the money to these non-federal, non-reserve banks. This whole Federal Reserve System, uh, we're a dead nation walking as far as economics, and this might be the, the match that lights the fuse. China is the number one holder of debt. There's nothing major going on. China's got so many people in it. One billion, three hundred million people that, uh, but Japan, you see, much smaller. They're the second largest debt holder, which means America, uh, the American dollar can shrink because of Japan if we start turning in uh, these treasury certificates. Uh, this is not good. Uh, uh, Japan is also what? Easy, the fourth largest trading partner. Look at all the Japanese cars that everybody in the White House is driving. These cars, it means that the prices, because right now, friends, they don't have power. Even in Tokyo, which wasn't touched by the tsunami or the earthquake, basically, they are shutting off power because they have lost what they were depending upon, nuclear power. Now they're back down to other alternatives. And so it means that the Japs are going to start pulling uh, back on production, which means the prices go up. Our Dow is down. I don't know how much right now, but the Dow was down uh, like 70 points uh, when I started the program. All right, let's shift <laughs> here in the last couple of minutes. Gaddafi, you got to watch out for this bird. Gaddafi is retaking Libya. Now, right now as we speak, Hillary Clinton is uh, dining with members of the G8 in Paris, France. Now, who are the G8? They are the most industrialized nations of the world. Who does that mean? It means Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Russia, the United Kingdom, and the United States. That's the G8. Then they also have some EU. A lot of these guys, you know, like France, Germany, they're all are EU anyway, but they got some EU guys in there. They're all meeting to try to decide whether or not they want to have a no-fly zone in Libya because Gaddafi is winning back his country using his air force to blast the protesters and the anti-Gaddafiites uh, so that his military can go in and wipe them up. So if we have a no-fly zone, 
this is like Daddy Bush you know, did uh, there in uh, before Junior Bush went in and, and uh, occupied and uh, defeated Iraq with no flies on. We don't want to be part of any of this. We have right now enough going on, do we not? And so all we do is encourage communists, North Korea. We we tickle the Chinese because they see America stretched up further and further. Here we are fooling around, uh, and then because uh, Hillary seems to be thinks she's president, uh, she's speaking as if she makes the decisions. But uh, a lot of uh, France is for the no-fly zone. The uh, the Arab nations have already approved the no-fly zone. It is who does it. Well, the United States does it. That's who. And uh, so they're, I mean, has NATO, the North, uh, does NATO have any uh, business flying into Libya, into a no-fly zone, helping uh, the Gorillas against uh, Gaddafi? I don't think so. So it may end up, you know, again here in the United States. And a lot of it depends on uh, on Miss Hillary. It'd be interesting to keep an eye on her. She's having dinner with these guys right now. Tomorrow she goes to Egypt, and she's going to see how the Mubarak uh, thing is working out. And see, Egypt has a large air force. Would Egypt please fly down? Hell, they shoot themselves down trying to get back into Egypt, if it's anything like with the Israeli war. That's tomorrow. She's going to Egypt. Then she goes to Tunisia on Wednesday. The reason is because this thing started in Tunisia, so she's kind of working backwards, and it worked its way over. What started? All this protesting and overthrowing of governments. What we get if we lose people, even though he is a scoundrel, but people like Gaddafi, what you're going to get is more Islamic fundamentalism. We don't want that. All right, guys, it is Monday, and so uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow, God willing. Stay tuned to American Voice Radio. He's on in America's best 100 men. We'll test today, but only three. Train to live off nature's land. Trained in combat and a hand. Men who fight by night and day. Courage takes from the green array. Prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see...
reversing or even stabilizing, all fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. commercial short-wing frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can... ...satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LMB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. Organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. And welcome to the Constitutional Crusaders Show on the American Voice Radio Network. My name is M. Roy Van Shadler, your Constitutional Crusader. And today is Monday, March 16, 2015. It is the 3 o'clock hour out here on the left coast. 
And for a second there, I was starting to panic because I thought that my microphone wasn't working for a moment. And I'm like, oh, boy. But it seems to be working all right. Okay. Um, this is a live call-in show. Calling in is not necessary. Thinking, however, is we, of course, give an exemption to government agents and those from Media Matters and the Southern Poverty Law Center and such because if we required them to think, that would create a hostile work environment. And, well, I don't want to be responsible for on-the-job injuries of forcing them to think. I know it's something that they're not accustomed to, so we give that exemption, of course. If you'd like to call in, it's real simple. You go to www.theamericanvoice.com, find the appropriate number, and use it, and call in. Or you may send an instant message to Yahoo Instant Messenger. The ID is the same as it's been for the well over the 10 years we've been on this network, KC7AQK. As is our want, we like to open the show with the wisdom of the ages, otherwise known as the dead white guy quote. It has been said that politics is the second oldest profession. I have learned that it bears a striking resemblance to the first, end quote. You know, my friends, I remember when Ronald Reagan said this as governor of California, and the howls from the libturds back then about how dare he say such a thing. Of course, when Jimmy Carter then stole it and said it, that was considered great wisdom on his part. And the fact that Reagan just let it go more than proved the point of just how right he was. Very, very good. Kudos, Ronald Reagan. Okay, we have 22 pages in our show newsletter today, an astounding 30-plus links of interest. Oh, my goodness, this is a target-rich environment today. Your calls, instant messages, whatever else happens to come across the transom, and we will get to as much of it as we can right after this little disclaimer. Warning, this show may be hazardous to your paradigms if you are a whiny, crying, liberal, pinko, commie bedwetter, an inept, overpaid bureaucrat, or are still mad over Reagan's tax cut. Get into any one of the above categories, immediately have your friends tie you down for some truth therapy. Continue this therapy until you can dismiss your delusions and can deal with reality. If you cannot handle 100% pure, unadulterated truth, this radio show will not be held responsible for your predictable discomfort. You know, anytime I get an update to Skype, especially as it says, we are improving your Skype experience, it always makes me super nervous of whether or not it's going to work anymore. And I got such an update late last week, and it just uh, made me nervous until it seems like, well, I haven't gotten any complaints yet about not being able to be heard or the sound quality degrading or such. So hopefully their improvement, whatever it was, uh, has been an improvement. 
job is simple. It is to comfort the disturbed and to disturb the comfortable. And I do it the same way you can do it, my friends, by asking questions. It's real simple. It's okay, especially you lib turds out there. It's okay if you disagree with me. After all, I can't force you to be right. Now, as I told you, you can get in touch with this show either by calling or by instant message. Well, we already have an instant message. It actually came in as an offline message. And when I fired up Yahoo Messenger, here's this offline message waiting for me. And it really ties in very well with the very first thing that I want to do on the hip parade today. So let me just get right to the instant message. It's from the farmer who writes and says, okay, the feds took the Bundy Ranch by using existing authority to declare a wilderness area. Then the feds took over control of the internet under existing authority of the FCC to regulate utilities. And now the feds are going to use existing authority to try to ban ammo as the feds see it. At what point do people get to use existing authority to use the Constitution to help keep the feds in their appointed place? The feds seem to be in a race to control as much as they can, as quickly as they can, while removing the ability of the people to put up resistance to the control. What's next? Where is all this going? Awesomely good question. Awesomely good question. And the very first story that I have for you today shows just how twisted and distorted this concept of existing authority is. And of course, when you hear the whole thing, you should come to a better understanding of what can we do about it? Hmm. I'll let you think about that. It's critical thinking. This show really stresses critical thinking. Here's your first critical thinking exercise. Headline. A agent speaks out. We were told not to enforce drug laws in rich communities. See where this is going? And the idea of existing authority and such? Hmm. John Vibes writes and says, Dateline, Washington, D.C., says, as the lies that keep the drug war alive begin to come unglued, many of the police officers and government agents who made it possible are now going public with the truth of their experience. Matthew Fogg, a former U.S. Marshal and DEA agent, is one of those people. Ever since leaving law enforcement, he has been speaking out against police brutality, profiling, and the drug war. Fogg appeared in an interview for Brave New Films where he discussed the drug war and how race and class play a part of the enforcement of drug laws. In the interview, Fogg said, now this is, mind you, I am not making this up, my friends. This is not some, you know, conspiracy blog. This is from a DEA agent who's telling you what his experience was. 
And he wasn't just any DEA agent. He was one that rose to the level of an instructor and such in the DEA. So, you know, he just he's not someone that was just there for four days and, oh, I was a DEA agent. No, he said. Right. All of that swooping down on folks all across the country using these sort of a attack tactics that we went out on that you would use in Vietnam or some kind of war-torn zone. All the stuff that we were doing, just calling it the war on drugs. And there wasn't very many black guys in my position. Oh, did I happen to mention that Agent Fogg was black? No, I didn't, but he did. He then continued, so I would go into the war room where we were setting up for all our drug and gun and addiction task force, determining what cities we were going to hit. And I would notice that most of the time it always appeared to be urban areas. That's when I asked the question, well, don't they sell drugs out in Potomac and Springfield and places like that? Maybe you all think they don't, but statistics show they use more drugs out in those areas than anywhere. The special agent in charge, he says, you know, if we go out there and start messing with these folks, they know judges, they know lawyers, and they know politicians. You start locking their kids up, somebody's going to jerk our chain. They're going to call us on it. And before you know it, they're going to shut us down. And there goes your overtime. You get the message? Don't press the wrong buttons. Continue this war on poor. Because when you look at it, my friends, our, our prison planet nation that we have here is aimed at, A, impoverishing those that maybe are a little affluent and keeping those that are impoverished, well, just that way. Because statistics show that 20-plus years after a felon is released from prison, he's still in the lower 20% of income. And usually at the bottom end of that 20%, my So there you go. He says, you know, there goes your overtime. If you start doing it on the rich people, uh-uh-uh, don't you dare. Well, Fogg also discussed race more explicitly and admitted that the drug war was something that affected people of all races, although African-American communities – those are located. That would be in South Africa, you know, or what? I don't, I don't get it. Uh, there's, there's America and there's Africa. You know, I don't get this African American thing. Do you get it? If you think you get it, you shouldn't be getting it. You should be remembering that you're either an American or you're something else. There is no room in this country for hyphenated Americans. At least that's what Teddy Roosevelt said. And well. I firmly believe it. Well, he went on to discuss it and said and continued in his interview saying, what I began to see is that the drug war is totally about race. 
if we were locking up everybody, black and white, for doing the same drugs, they would have done the same thing they did with prohibition. They would have outlawed it. They would have said, let's stop this craziness. You're not putting my son in jail. My daughter isn't going to jail. If it was an equal enforcement opportunity operation, we wouldn't be sitting here anyway. It's all about fairness, man, and understanding. How would I want to be treated? Whether I'm on one end or the other end, how would I be treated if everything was done equally? Well, last October, the Free Thought Project met up with Fogg after a panel on police militarization at the Cato Institute in Washington, D.C. Although Fogg was a former law enforcement officer, he had some of the most radical opinions on the panel when it came to solving the problem of police accountability. Fogg was outspoken about the extreme changes that need to be made to the entire criminal justice system and was not convinced that body cameras would honestly help keep police in check. Now, I say that because, and it's an excellent ending point to this article, because that's what's being touted. You hear it all the time. Oh, body cameras, that will solve the problem. Well, already we are hearing stories about officers that have a long history of complaints of abuse, and then it turns out that another complaint of abuse comes out against these officers after they've been issued body cameras that somehow miraculously, it's a miracle I'm telling you, did not record that particular instance, worked the whole rest of the day, but failed to record the abusive part. Wow, it's a miracle how that works out. So that's why I say, eh, they ain't going to keep them in check. No way. So are you beginning to see this thing about existing authority? Uh-huh. What existing authority? It's all in their minds. Now, here's a question for you. Before you knee-jerk react and answer it, think for just a little while, please. Here's the question. Is Hillary Clinton evil? Hmm. Let's examine this. Back in the 1990s, a good friend and co-worker of Joe Newby, who wrote this article, says, told him that he believed that Hillary Clinton was the Antichrist. Well, he disagreed at the time, but uh, he thinks that maybe it's time to revisit the subject and perhaps get input. So, here we go, my friends. What do you think? Is Hillary Clinton evil? Well, writing about a case, which I've told you about, in which Clinton laughed cheerfully about getting a child rapist off after allegedly raping a 12-year-old front-page mag said, well, there's evil, there's real evil, and then there's Hillary Clinton. And with good reason. According to front-page mag, quote, Hillary's tactics, including accusing a 12-year-old girl who had been savagely beaten and raped, in fine legal language, of being a mentally ill slut, well, the tapes were shocking even for her supporters. They revealed a complete 
lack of empathy, and Hillary's willingness to do absolutely anything to win, end quote. Familiar? Just look at Clinton's career. Of course she's willing to do anything, even allegedly break the law and government policy regarding something like, oh, say, emails? Worse yet, the low information left doesn't care if she violated the law. Now, any criticism of Clinton is just deemed as sexist, just like any criticism of B.O. is deemed racist. Well, I don't know about you, my friends, but I remember the Clinton years very well. You remember? Bill is no doubt a far left-wing progressive ideologue, but he is also a shrewd politician. You have to give him that who knew when it was time to start working with Republicans. Hillary, on the other hand, well, there's only one word that comes to mind, diabolical. There's no telling what evil machinations go in in that mind of hers. So how far is she willing to go? Well, we know she's willing to violate policy by maintaining her own email server, but there's more, much more. According to this 2011 video, which is part of the link here, my friends, and obviously I can't show you the link, and another video by Jeremiah Films alleges massive corruption and violation of election laws, and of course I can't share the video with you because it's a radio, and there's a lot more out there, but I think you should be getting the point at this point. This is just the beginning. If Clinton does decide to run for office in 2016, We'll do the vetting the Democrat media complex won't do. And, of course, at the end of this article, my friends, there's a whole bunch of related article hot links in addition to the vids that are mentioned and shown in the article itself. Hmm. So, is she evil? Well, let's examine this for a second here. Hillary Clinton, headline. Once a congenital liar, always a congenital liar. Let's go back in history, shall we? Mike Walsh reminds us about what an awful person Hillary Clinton is should come as no surprise to anybody over the age of 30, except, of course, her designated pathetic soul-corroded hacks like David Brock, the head hack and non-entity at the home of hacks and non-entities Media Matters, and the ineffable Lanny Davis, who's become a sad caricature of his old Clinton-defending self from the Bubba administration, but the late New York Times op-ed columnist, William Sapphire, had her number early on as this gem from 1996 about the prevaricating First Lady illustrates. He said in 1996, Americans of all political persuasions are coming to the sad realization that our First Lady, a woman of undoubted talents who has a role model for many in her generation, is a congenital liar. Drip by drip, like whitewater torture, the case is being made that she is compelled to mislead and to ensnare her subordinates and friends in a web of deceit. One, remember the story she told 
about studying the Wall Street Journal to explain her 10,000% profit in a 1979 commodity trading scheme? Well, we now know that what she told was a lie to turn aside accusations that as the governor's wife, she profited corruptly, her account being run by an attorney for state poultry interests through a disreputable broker. And she lied for a damn good reason. To admit otherwise would be confess to taking and paying taxes on what some think amounted to a $100,000 bribe. Well, let's not forget. That's 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 nice blast from William Sapphire in 1996. But let's not forget about Vince Foster, Travelgate, HRC's habitual MO is to lie, obstruct justice, hide documents, cut corners, indulge in petty legalisms, suborn perjury, and of course, let's not forget how one of her biggest first jobs she ever had in government, working on the uh, impeachment council for um, Nixon, how she had to be fired from it for breaking the law. Hmm. Wow. Whatever it takes, she will do to save her sorry hide. Sapphire concludes his 1996 introspective on her with this instant classic with this. He says, Another reason for recent revelations is the imminent turning of former aides and partners of Hillary against her. They were willing to cover her line when it advanced their careers, but are inclined to listen to their own attorneys when faced with perjury indictments. Therefore, ask not, why didn't she just come clean at the beginning? Well, she had good reason to lie. She's in the long-time habit of lying. And she's never been called to account for lying herself or in suborning perjury in her aides and friends, end quote. Well, there's no reason to think that she's changed her spots since 1996, and we've seen the evidence that she hasn't. And this is the woman most Democrats hope to foist on the American public as the President of the United States? Hmm? There's something to think about, my friends. Really something to think about. Okay, when we come back from the upcoming break, I'm going to tell you about this wonderful bombshell idea of a congressman and why it, you should support it, my friends. There's not very many things that I want to support that come out of Washington District of Criminals, but this is one thing I definitely would want you to support. So you might want to get your pens out, your recorders going, et cetera, to cover this, because especially those of you out there that are still doing YouTube segments of this show, um, this would be a good one for a YouTube segment. Just a suggestion if you're interested. So you stay right where you're at. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusaders show on the American Voice Radio Network, and we will be right back.
known that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. Organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Well, I asked the question during the break, asking, you know, well, how is that? Did I show, you know, it's not really a direct answer to the existing authority, but it does bring up the idea of no authority. And he responded very well, saying, I see more confirmation that there has been a constitutional coup and no one can do anything about it. Well, as I answered him, and I'm going to answer you, except to be aware of it, there will be a pushback eventually. And he says, in the meantime, resistance is futile. Well, not necessarily, my friends. It's only futile if you give up. That's the point. You give up. See, I could have given up. Oh, God, my friends. I could have given up a hell of a long time ago. I could have done a big mea culpa, etc., and I wouldn't have gone to prison. I wouldn't have been even gone to trial for allegedly having a radio talk show that violated the government's policies, because that's essentially what I was charged and tried on, my friends. If I just come clean and, oh, I'm sorry, I won't ever do it again. I'm sorry, oh, no problem, oh, please, slap the back of my hands, etc., and just given up and gone away, well, I wouldn't have gone to jail, you know, I wouldn't have gone through all that suffering, and the suffering that I'm still going through, in a way, from having gone through that. But, do you hear me giving up? <laughs> no, I'm right here, my friends, here and now, okay? So is resistance futile? Well, it becomes futile when you give up. That's when it becomes futile. Okay. As promised, especially for those of you out there who like to take little snippets of this show and turn them into a YouTube segment, here's one for you. Congressman proposes a bill to ban laws with the purpose of generating revenue. Mm-hmm. A congressman from Missouri has just proposed a bombshell piece of legislation that is detrimental to the growth and expansion of the police state. Last Monday, Congressman Emanuel Cleaver II from Missouri's 5th District introduced the Fair Justice Act. The Fair Justice Act, quote, would make it a civil rights violation to enforce criminal or traffic laws for the purpose of raising revenue, end quote. Yep, you heard that correctly. Petty drug offenses, idiotic traffic laws, and other such victimless crimes could be brought to a halt with the passage of this bill. Announcing the introduction of the Fair Justice Act, Congressman Cleaver said, quote, The time has come to end the practice of using law enforcement as a cash register, a practice that has impacted too many Americans and has disproportionately affected minority and low-income communities. No American should have to face arbitrary police enforcement, the sole purpose of which is to raise revenue for a town, city, or state, end quote. Gee, what was that I said a little while ago about how these laws are done unequally, specifically to keep people poor, 
Well, while many people may not see it as such, this congressman's bold move, if passed, would eliminate most police work. And, as the Free Thought Project reported, the fact that police act primarily as revenue collection agents for the state, it has become quite apparent. Since there is no money in solving murders or preventing rapes, Police departments in America have focused their duties on traffic citations and the drug war. Both of these venues are highly profitable for departments. City and state governments have become so addicted to these revenue streams that we are now seeing full-on military raids on people in fruitless attempts to find drugs and money. Along with the drug raids, we are seeing police officers forced to collect a certain amount of revenue through traffic enforcement or lose their jobs. Cops are actually being disciplined on a large scale as they blow the whistle on their revenue-addicted department heads who force them to write tickets or face consequences. While this congressman's bill doesn't specifically mention the war on drugs, he does state that the bill, quote, rights violation, punishable by up to five years in prison to enforce criminal or traffic laws solely to raise revenue. Thus, no official or agency of any state or county, city, town, or other political subdivision may adopt a policy or engage in any activity that authorizes, promotes, or executes the enforcement of criminal, civil, or traffic laws for the purpose of of raising revenue, end quote. Now, citing Ferguson as the primary driver behind this bill, Cleaver points out that this Missouri city's second largest source of income is revenue generated by cops. Cops who shake down otherwise completely innocent people for victimless crimes and attempt to fill their coffers. Now, I'm reminded, my friends, of a small town who's intersected the main interstate highway running north and south through Oregon, otherwise known as I-5, for like 300 yards or something like that. They extended. The city actually extended the city boundaries just to the other side of the freeway where it ended way before the freeway, before they extended it, but they extended it um, either westward or eastward, I can't remember which side of the freeway the city lies on, but they extended it until it included like a 200-yard stretch of it and then started doing massive speed trap violations there, and it wasn't until it was pointed out that they literally had expanded this program to the point where it was providing 50-plus percent of the revenue to operate the police department all on its own that the, the state came down and said, uh, sorry, you can't do that. So th- that's just an example, my friends. Well, this move by a lawmaker is entirely atypical of the state as decreasing the amount of money government takes in. It's 
counterproductive to those on the receiving ends of these funds. However, Cleaver apparently sees the overreality of the American police state and is taking a proactive measure to stop it. He said, quote, it is a common practice of certain law enforcement officials of state and local municipalities to target communities solely for profit. Americans of all stripes have faced this, but there can be no doubt that minorities and low-income residents have faced the brunt of this. Make no mistake. The Fair Justice Act is needed now more than ever in order to finally put an end to criminal and traffic law enforcement activities motivated solely by raising revenue, said Congressman Cleaver. Well, at the end of last year, remember, the NYPD inadvertently showed the rest of the world that when cops stop shaking people down for victimless crimes, a.k.a. generating revenue, the world does not descend into chaos. In fact, what it did illustrate was that people do not have to be extorted in order to be policed, regardless of party affiliation. The notion to stop harassing, kidnapping, and locking people in cages for victimless crimes is a benefit for all. It is important to point out that such a bill is going to be incredibly difficult to write. It will stir up debate not only over seatbelt laws, speeding, and window tickets, but also over the drug war, prostitution, and other more controversial victimless crimes designed to prey on the less fortunate. This bill is, hopefully, not because it creates new laws, but because it gets rid of old ones. For too long, Americans have sat back in complacency and spouted out ridiculous idioms such as, there ought to be a law against that, without giving that these laws ruin. Yes, finally, we are. For once, someone is saying, you know, there shouldn't be a law against that, and I'm going to do something about it. So, my friends, what do you think? I think it's about time. I think we ought to get behind this congressman and ask your local congressman. What are you doing to support him? What are you doing? Hmm? And why aren't you doing anything to support him? Okay. Have you heard about this, my friends? Inspector General's audit has found that 6.5 million people with active Social Security numbers are at 112 years or more old. What do you think about that, my friends? Yep. Well, we know that many people are living longer, but not to age 112 or beyond, except in the records of the Social Security Administration. The SSA's Inspector General has identified, as I said, 6.5 million number holders at age 112 or older for whom no death has been entered in the main electronic file called Numident. Boy, what, a, what an interesting, appropriately uh, name. Numident. Numnuts. Numident. That's what they are. A bunch of idiots. Got it. Dated March 4th. 
concluded that SSA <clears throat> lacks the controls necessary to note death information on the records of number holders who exceed <clears throat> maximum reasonable life expectancies. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Well, we have here uh, the report saying we obtained numident data that identified approximately 6.5 million number holders born before June 16, 1901, who did not have a date of death on their report or on their record. That's what the report said. Some of these numbers assigned to long dead people were used fraudulently to shock of shocks, open bank accounts, and used by illegal immigrants to apply for work. Who would have thunk? 2008 through 2011, SSA received 4,024 E-Verify inquiries using the SSNs of 3,803 number holders born before June 16, 1901, the report said. These inquiries indicate an individual's attempts to use SSNs to apply for work. Now, you know what I think? I think that's just the number they're willing to admit to, my friends. I think the number is probably a lot closer to that 6.5 million when it really comes down to it, but that's just what they're willing to admit to. You know, it's incredible that the Social Security Administration in 2015 does not have the technical sophistication to ensure that people they know to be deceased are actually noted as dead. That's what Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin had to say, and he's chairman of the Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee. And I frankly agree with him. He then went on to say, tens of thousands of these numbers are currently being used. Now, now notice that. He said tens of thousands. But the SS people said only 3,000, you know, not tens of thousands. Interesting. So he says tens of thousands of these numbers are currently being used to report wages to the Social Security Administration and to the IRS. People are fraudulently but successfully applying for jobs and benefits with these numbers, making sure Social Security cleans up its death master file to prevent future errors and fraud is a good government reform we can all agree on, Senator Johnson concluded. Senator Don Tom Carper from Delaware, Democrat, said, the, and he's the committee's ranking member, called the findings, quote, a major problem. Really? It's a major problem. Wow! How astute of you, Congressman. He said it wastes taxpayers' money. Wow, really? And it exposes citizens to identity theft and undermines confidence in the government. Oh, my goodness. We can't have confidence in the government under eroded here, can we? No. He goes on and says, quote, it is simply unacceptable that our nation's database of Social Security numbers of supposedly living people includes more than 6.5 million people who are older than 112 years of age, with a few thousand having birth dates from before the Civil War. Preventing agency errors by keeping track of who has died is a relatively simple problem that the government should pursue as a high priority, end quote. Yeah. Well, my friends, 
when a push comes to shove, all just to distract them. And I'm only pointing it out to you so that I can point out just what a distractify it is. Because remember, you don't own Social Security. No. I know some of you that have not been long-term listeners of this show are shouting at your radio right now and go, what do you mean it isn't mine? Ah, it's very simple. Just go to your W-4 that you filled out, okay, from the FICA, the FICA form. And remember, FICA, that stands for Forced Income Confiscation Act, okay? So go to your Forced Income Confiscation Act form and look at the bottom of the form in really tiny numbering. Numbering that you need a scanning electron microscope to read because it's so tiny, but it is there. It will say an OMB number. And then go look up that OMB number because every document that the federal government uses to collect data from citizens must have an OMB number, and these OMB numbers only last for a couple of years, so they got to do a new one, and uh, interestingly, even though the law says that they got to do a new one, they haven't done new ones for this for decades, my friends, yet they're still operating, but the old OMB number that's now invalid, it's still listed in the OMB register, and you can look it up, and you can find that what you are filling out is a gifting form. Yes, my friends, you are signing over a form that I am gifting this to the Congress. They can use it any way they want because it's a gift from me to them. And by the way, that includes the so-called employer half, quote-unquote. Yeah, it's a gifting form. You're giving it to them, and they can use it any way they want. And this story goes to show that they are using it any way they want. And one of the ways is to keep you distractified from the real problems out there. For example, that you've been forced to gift over to them for any purpose they want. Hmm? Go, my friends. Okay. Speaking of ex-agents, we opened the show with an ex-DEA agent. How about we hear from an ex-FBI agent and his epic open letter to Eric Holder, which has stunned the administration, Former FBI Special Agent K.D. McCowan wrote an open letter to Eric Holder. The letter is going viral, and it apparently resonates with the vast majority of American citizens. Now, the editor of this blog that posts the letter says, This letter is posted in many places on the Internet. We have checked it out at several fact-checking sites, and none reported it as a hoax or fraud. McCowan has a LinkedIn page where his credentials are substantiated. We can find no posting where McCowan himself denies writing the letter. If we find out differently, we'll let you know. For now, the letter appears to be genuine. Well, I want to add to that, my friends. Your constitutional crusader, 
makes note that even Snopes, that would love to discredit this, has reported amazingly that they contacted Mr. McCowan, and he has verified writing it, my friends. So, wow, we got Snopes admitting that this is a reality, and especially when what it says, that's why you have to go, wow. Well, here we go. This is what he wrote December 28, 2014, to Attorney General Eric Holder. Dear Attorney General Holder, it is unlikely that we met while I served in the FBI. That being said, we served at the Department of Justice during the same years and on the same team, quote-unquote, conceptually speaking. During my service at the FBI, I worked with a number of U.S. Attorney's Office of the United States to include a tour at FBI HQ, where I worked with the Department of Justice, Maine, on a daily basis. I begin my letter with this comment to highlight that I am not a bystander on the topic of law enforcement in the United States. I worked and managed a variety of federal investigations during my 12 years of service in the FBI to include the management of several civil rights cases in the state of Texas. In fact, my last tour in the Bureau, I was an FBI supervisor responsible for managing federal investigations in nine Texas counties, many of which were rural, in places where one would suspect racism to flourish, given the narrative often pushed by Hollywood and urban progressive elites like yourself. I performed this mission diligently and under the close supervision of two FBI managers, an assistant special agent in charge, and special agent in charge, both of which happened to be African-American and outstanding law enforcement professionals. I also performed this mission, serving side-by-side side with a variety of law enforcement agencies at the federal, state, and local level. Then, now, there's his bona fides, my friends. He now lays in the holder. Now that he's established his bona fides of who and what and where he was, okay, he goes and says, I have observed you closely during your tenure as Attorney General, and notably during these last tumultuous years, watching you negotiate a number of controversial public matters to include the ATF Fast and Furious scandal, Black Panther Party intimidation at voting booths, IRS targeting of American citizens, citizens groups opposed to the Obama administration, the ignoring of U.S. immigration laws, DOJ criminal indictments of select news reporters, and your management of several high-profile criminal investigations involving subjects of race, notably African Americans. Until today, I chose to hold my tongue. However, with the assassination of two NYPD lieutenants last weekend in New York at the hands of an African American man with a lengthy criminal record, fresh from his participation in anti-police activities, coupled with numerous don't shoot hands up and Black Lives Matter anti-police protests, some of which were violent, occurring daily around the nation, I'm compelled to write you this letter. And I'll tell you, my friends, the rest of the letter on the other side of the break, and you're really going to want to hear because he really lays in the holder 
and does not hold anything back, my friends, which is why I really wanted to share this with you. And like I said, I was shocked beyond being shocked that Snopes actually verifies it is true. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusaders Show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is mineral. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. Organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. And then to the superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. Seconds count. You want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll free, 
866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three W's dot thepowerherbs.com. Warning, if you're here to feel good about government, if you believe that people in office actually care about your well-being, if you believe that statutes and codes are God's gift to man, this show is not for you. If you believe NBC, CNN, faux news, and the like actually report real news, this show is not for you. This... is the proper place where those police need disposal of. So if you decide to stick around, this show will not be responsible for your mental instability. Ready enough to call in, this is your warning. You had best bring facts to the discussion. And welcome back to the Constitutional Crusaders show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler, Constitutional Counselor, and still pain in the rear end to bureaucrats and petty thugs all over. Why? I'll tell you why, my friends. Because I'm bringing to you things that you might have heard elsewhere, but most, for most people, the things I'm bringing, they've not heard anywhere, because definitely the lame screen media isn't talking about it. Today is still Monday, March 16th. 2015 is the 4 o'clock hour out here on the left coast. If you're listening some other time zone, obviously you're going to have to adjust accordingly. This is a live call-in show. Calling in is not necessary. We do thinking, however, is, of course, we do give an exemption to Media Matters for America and the Southern Poverty Law Center. And the 